Well, good morning, Grace people. Good to be with you today as we come into the new year and begin a new sermon series. I'd like to begin this morning by reading a passage of scripture that is in the form of a poem. And it's something that you may have heard before and maybe didn't realize that it came from scripture. Uh, But either way, listen and pay attention to these words that come to us from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. We mark time in a lot of different ways, kind of simply for us. We mark them in seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. But there are a variety of ways that we think about time that might not be that segmented or chronological. There's, there's things called seasons, periods of time that affect us in different ways. Now, when we talk about seasons, there's probably some seasons that come to mind to you rather quickly. But there's also some seasons that maybe you're not quite as familiar with. You know, like, we just got done with the season of Christmas. I don't know if you know this, but Christmas is actually a season. It's 12 days. It starts on the 25th of December and continues on through the 6th of January, this past Thursday. That's Epiphany. And now we're into the season of Epiphany. And Epiphany will continue on until we come to the next season in a couple of months, known as Lent. There's a cycle of these seasons that goes all around the church year. Some of you may be very familiar with those seasons. For others, it might be something that's kind of new to you. But of course, there's other more general ways that we talk about seasons, ones that we're probably more familiar with. Another season that begins right around that Christmas time is winter. You felt it this morning, didn't you, when you came in? The season of winter. But we know that that season isn't forever. Following up after that season comes the season of Spring, right? The season of spring. And following the season of spring, we have the season of road construction, right? And then after the season of road construction comes the season of disappointment in the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Good, good. See, you know, you know how these seasons work. We cycle our way through those different seasons of the year. But there are other kinds of seasons as well. Sometimes we call them eras, Like the Vietnam era. Some of you may remember the Vietnam era, that period of time in the 60s. Or these information age. We're kind of in the middle of that information age right now. Some people would call it a disinformation or misinformation age, but it is the information age. Or thinking way back to a time known as the Civil War era, a period of time surrounding that war so many, many years ago. Some of you may even be able to remember all the way back to a time in an era known as the 80s, back when I was a youth and growing up. Yes, that's the music and culture of my people. 
But now we're also in another thing that's probably going to be called a season or an era or something someday. We're in this season of COVID, right? Seems to just kind of drag on and on. But, but it's a season nonetheless. Now we connect with these seasons in a variety of different ways. But sometimes we connect with them in particular times of life. There are seasons of our lives that get marked as well, like the season of childhood or of being a teenager, or maybe being a college student, or a season of starting off into your career. There may be a season for you that is marriage and and then family. Maybe the season of middle age, or the season of retirement. Maybe the season of senior living. Those are all seasons that are marked in the times of our lives, right? But in the midst of those seasons, there can be other seasons that kind of overlap, or cross over into those seasons, like seasons of grief when you've lost someone. Or seasons of celebration when you celebrate a transition for somebody else who's, who's grown up and maybe they're graduating from high school and, and moving on to the next time of their life, and, and you celebrate that together. There can be seasons of uncertainty. There can be seasons of spiritual and life renewal. All of them are marks of seasons in our lives. And then there are seasons that we connect more personally and particularly that describe our place and time in life. These are seasons that overlap these other seasons. And they intermix and intermingle with these other seasons. You may be in a season of despair or a season of depression. You may be in a season of medical needs or, or a season of unemployment. And maybe you've been in and out of that season multiple times and it's overlapped different seasons of your life. These things can become complicated, but it's helpful to just remember that no matter what season you are in, one thing remains consistent, and that's this. We are each called to be a disciple of Jesus in every season of life. In every season, without exception, you're called to be a disciple of Jesus. Now, we know when Jesus called his disciples, they were a variety of different men at different stages of their lives. But when Jesus made the more general call out to all of us, he reminded us that we are to be and then to make disciples of all nations, of every kind, of every shape and size, and through all portions and times of their lives. So we're called to be disciples in every season of life. And that's why we're starting this new year with a new sermon series entitled Seasons. We're going to explore what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in whatever season of life you may be experiencing or may experience in the future. Now, why does it matter so much? Why are we focusing on it this time right now? Well, there's some things that I have learned over the course of my years in ministry about seasons and how people approach them. And the first thing is this. People often misunderstand their own season or they misunderstand the seasons of others. And that misunderstanding can cause all sorts of emotions to, to well up when we, when we don't see ourselves clearly and we don't see others clearly and In those times, we don't even see God clearly. And some of those things that can well up in us are things like guilt or shame or anger about our season or somebody else's season. Let me give you an example from my own life. When my wife Angela and I were 
newlyweds and made the decision to start having children, we went through a season of infertility, a rather significant season for us. And while we were in the midst of that season, sometimes it was really hard for us to understand how it was we were to follow God in that season. Because the things that we expected, the things that we had hoped for, the things that sounded like promises to us or things that other people would repeat to us, like, oh, of course you're going to have kids someday, or oh, it must be fun trying. Those kind of words could land very hurtful, could well up in times of anger or, or despair or pain or even guilt or shame. Lord, what's wrong with me? How come we're not in this same club with so many of our peers and friends. Misunderstanding was hard. Now, I don't blame other people. Please don't get me wrong. But it would be helpful if, if even as much as we can, we learn to appreciate and honor the seasons that other people are in. But there's something else that I've noticed over the years of ministry, and that's this. People become disconnected from Jesus and the church when they transition from one season to another. I've seen this multiple times in a lot of different ways. I'll give you one particular example, though, that occurred just this past year. I won't name the person, but a woman came to church because her husband had recently passed away after a significant period of illness. When she came up and met me and spoke to me, it was the first time that we had seen one another. She introduced herself and she said, you know, I... I'm sorry it's been so long since I've been here. You know, I, I used to be here all the time. My husband and I came together, and, and then my husband got sick, and we went through a season of illness, and so we just weren't able to be here. And, and, then, and then when he passed away, I just started to wonder, you know, what are my connections here anymore? Where do I belong? Who am I as a follower of Jesus and as a part of this church? Maybe that's familiar to you in, in some other season of life that you've transitioned from one place to another. We lose each other and we get lost sometimes in those transitions from one season to another. There are important lessons about following Jesus that we can learn from each other when we recognize and honor the season that we are in and the season that others are in. Now don't get me wrong, you're never going to perfectly and completely understand somebody else's season. We're all unique individuals. But even if we can start to have an appreciation or an honoring of someone else in their position, it might help to lessen the weight, pull away some of the guilt or the shame that people might be feeling in the way that they are engaging in the life of community and connectedness in the congregation, or, or even give you an opening to be able to encourage them in that season that they are in. So over the next few weeks, we are going to experiment by providing you with some intentional opportunities to meet up with others and discuss your season and their season. We'll talk a little bit more about this a little bit later. And our hope is that you will make some relational connections that will help you to grow as a disciple and grow our community of grace. That's the hope in all of this as we walk our journey towards Jesus. To get us started on this journey, I'd like to welcome up my associate pastor and dear friend, Pastor Angie Way. She's going to come up here and she's going to talk to us about what it is to be a child as a disciple of Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Darren. 
So the first season of life in being and making disciples, of course, is when we're children and students. And Jesus has some very important things to say about the faith and witness of children. In Luke 18, Jesus said that anyone who wants to receive the kingdom will do so like a child. So how does a child receive? Does a child achieve a full understanding what the gift is before they receive it? No. They only start to figure out what it is and what it does after they have it. Does a child earn a gift with his or her work? No. Does a child deserve gifts because of his or her flawlessly obedient behavior? If so, that's not a child I've ever met. <laughs> so how does a child receive a gift? With joy, with trust, believing it's meant for them. And their joyful receiving brings joy to the giver, right? So what do you think Jesus is trying to tell us? What do you think Jesus is trying to tell you? And what can we learn from the faith of children among us? See, there's a reason why God chose to call Samuel when he was a boy, when he was too young to even understand what it meant that God was speaking to him. He learned to trust God long before he even knew much about the kingdom or the history or the promises for the future. He learned to listen for God's voice when his only interest was just hearing from God and nothing more. And it was that foundation that made Samuel such a powerful prophet his entire life. Jesus shows us that God has always used the faith of children to bless the community. On Palm Sunday, when the kids were crying out that Jesus was the Messiah, the son of David, the religious leaders took issue with that in Matthew 21. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you ever, never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? You see, saving faith is about trust, trusting the Lord for what he gives. And the truest, most sincere praise and worship is just celebrating who God is because you trust he is for you. There's honesty in the words and actions of children. For good or for bad, they're going to tell you what they think. <laughs> and when kids share their faith from right where they are, it blesses people in every season of life. And those of us who are in later seasons can, like Eli, recognize those moments and take the time to help them recognize that God is speaking to them, to teach them that they can learn to listen to him and respond to his voice. And I want to share a story about how I learned this at an early age with the help of my mother. When I was little, I had a pastor named Luther Abrahamson. Isn't that a great name? Uh, and he was a wonderful pastor. He was this big, burly man with this big, booming voice. And he was so good at seeing kids and uh, honoring them and lifting them up. And I knew that he loved me. And so as a kid, probably about five or six years old, uh, my mother was the volunteer choir director at the church, so we'd often go into the church building during the week, a show so she could get music and things like that. And I went with her this one day. I was in the back seat, and I was just kind of chattering at her about, I love Pastor Abrahamson, because blah, 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 I was telling her stuff. And uh, as she was listening to me, she knew something that I didn't know. 
that in that past week, Pastor Abrahamson had said something or done something that had offended some people, had made them angry, and they were going to be leaving the church. And so she looked at me in the back seat, and she said, you know what, he's had a kind of a hard week. I think maybe you should go tell him that. So I said, okay. So we got to the church, and I ran up the stairs, and I found him in the church office. And he was in the workroom, and he was making copies back when that was like the, those purple papers. You remember that? You had to roll them. He was making copies by hand. And I followed him around in the workroom. I love you. You know why? Blah, blah, blah. I was telling him all kinds of stuff. And uh, so he patted me on the head, and he sent me off to find my mom eventually. And that would have been it. I would have forgotten all about it. Um, except for a week later, the newsletter came. And on the front cover, he had written the article about me. I love you, she said, with her big brown eyes looking up at me. But does she know the things I've said? Does she know the mistakes I've made? Does she know the people that I've hurt? And he wrote about how in that moment, as I was relentlessly following him, telling him how much I loved him, not to be deterred, that he saw and he felt the love, the unconditional love of God that sees our failures, that sees our brokenness, that sees those things that are broken in us and yet whose love is so much more and so much greater, who sees in us the heart of his beloved child. And in that moment that he felt and knew the love of God was greater than all of his brokenness. And in that moment, my mom read that article to me, sat me down and said, Angie, do you see what happened here? God used you to speak his love to the pastor. Whoa. (laughs) I was absolutely bowled over. I, I had no idea that that could happen. And she said that God knew that he needed that, and so he sent you to speak it. That God uses our voices in every season of life to bless one another. That we all need each other. And sometimes we hear God's voice best. We receive his grace best from one another. And that has no age requirement. It requires only a heart that's open, that's willing to listen and respond to God's prompting in our spirit. And sometimes it's those who haven't spent as much time being heartbroken by this broken world who are able to hear and reflect that truth most clearly. The truth that there is more our Savior holds for us than what's broken around us today. That there is a hope and a future, a new creation that he still holds in his hands. The potter is still crafting a new vessel from the marred clay of our lives. He makes beautiful things out of the ashes. In 1 Timothy 4.12, in the middle of his mentoring of a young Timothy, Paul tells him not to let anyone look down on him because he's young, but to be an example in faith, in love, in purity. Because the Lord is looking for hearts that will listen to his call. And faith, like a child, can show up in people in any season of life. And when, like Paul or like Eli, you see that in a child or in a student, please be like my mother and help them to see what you see. God is speaking to you in this. God is using you to show his grace to the world. And when you do that, as you encourage them to learn to say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. 
how can your heart also not turn to hear from that same Lord? Because it's not just true for children and students. We are all invited to take first and next steps with Jesus in every season of life. And sometimes when we move from one season of life into another, it can be hard for us to hear that God is still calling to us in new ways. It can be hard for us to grow into what discipleship looks like when the challenges that we face are different than those in other seasons. So sometimes you need to hear from people who understand your particular season of life to know what being a disciple of Jesus might look like for you now. And that's what we're hoping to do for you this month. We want to help you find others who are also wrestling with the challenges of your own current season of discipleship so that you can mutually encourage one another. And so you can recognize that discipleship to Jesus in other seasons of life may look different than what it looks like for you now. And our hope is that in doing so, you'll be able to trust that Jesus' grace is for you where you are. And you too will be encouraged to receive that gift with joy and trust. And you might also say, wherever you are in life, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So in order to facilitate that chance for you to have those kind of conversations, we've given you a sheet of paper with some sample seasons on it. If you don't have this, there's more of them at the door and also some writing utensils. And in a few moments, we're going to give you some time to consider if there's one or more of those seasons that apply to where you are in your life right now or to write in if you're in a completely different kind of season than any that we've listed here. We want to know that too. And you don't need to put your name on this or anything. Our hope is just to use this information to try to help facilitate different kinds of discipleship conversation in the weeks to come. In Jesus' death and resurrection for you, you're invited to know that our Savior comes to make all things new. And in every season of life, the old is put to death and the new is brought to life. And he wants to show you what it looks like to follow him into what's next for you. And sometimes we hear that in the faith of someone in our same season. And sometimes we're reminded of that in the faith of someone in a very different season from ours. And I have to say, when I see the faith of children and of students, I am so encouraged because it reminds me that same God who called out to Samuel is still calling to my heart too. That he knows that kid I once was is still in my heart somewhere. He's calling me back into the joy of knowing that he knows me. And sometimes for those of us who have lived longer in this broken world, it takes the faith of a child to make us remember how simple, how beautiful the gospel of grace from the heart of Jesus actually is. For us all. So today, in whatever season we may be, may our prayer also be Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Amen.